What's up, guys? David Harrison here from the Lockdown Bucks podcast. And just a, a little of a public service announcement, I, I suppose. Uh, James and I have decided to take this week off from the show, uh, take a little bit of a much-needed and, a, I think, a much-deserved break. Um, however, we didn't want to leave you guys without any content or anything to listen to, so we thought it would be a cool idea and a fun idea to revisit some of our favorite episodes from the 2019 uh season year as it were uh, we're gonna we're gonna replay some interviews with some players and then kind of a fun episode that we uh, had a little bit of fun with with some sound effects and everything else so uh, again guys thank you all f- so much for listening and your support throughout the years that we've been doing this show we will be back with you next week with some brand new content uh, but for the time being hopefully you guys enjoy kind of recapturing some of the some of the stuff that happened before the season and even during the season and, and enjoy some of these interviews with some of these players and some of the stuff that we really enjoyed in 2019 uh, we will talk to you soon uh, thank you so much and uh, let's get right to today's episode you are locked on buccaneers your daily tampa bay buccaneers podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Styles G. White. Is Redmond getting the push and down he goes. And Styles White and the fourth sack of the game by the Buccaneers. Second and eight. Aaron Rodgers gets buried. Styles White with the sack. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lockdown Bucks Podcast. I am David Harrison. And of course, James and I are honored and extremely privileged to be joined on this episode by former Buccaneers defensive end, Styles G. White. Joining us now is a man who was a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2007 to 2010. He played defensive end. You know him. You love him. He has the best name of, of any player in the last 20 years. Ladies and gentlemen, Styles G. White. Styles, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, sir. Gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's great to have you on here. And you're you're officially kicking off the Locked On Bucks throwback Thursday episodes, where we're gonna go back and take a look at at players and, and moments and things like that that have happened through through Bucks history. So we're honored to have you on. And and Styles, let's go ahead and just start from the from the very beginning. You were drafted in the seventh round. Back in 2002, but it wasn't by the Buccaneers. But take us back to that draft and kind of what was going on with you and your family, and and, and how that whole process worked out for you. Uh, it sucked. It was it was it was long. It was uh, it was like you know you constantly marketing yourself. You're you're doing uh, uh, trying to do as many All Star games or try to get into the biggest All Star games you can. Put yourself, you know, you're interviewing. Doing practice, doing the games. Um, then they take you to the combine. I got invited to the combine, and they probe you and push you, and you know, mentally try to you know push you. And it was it's tedious, man. It was it was a it was a it was it seemed to be a very thorough process, you know, for the most part. So, Styles, before getting your 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 big opportunity, your big chance to really show what you could do on the NFL level. Uh, you went through a couple of practice squads, including you know uh, some time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even, and ultimately landed with the Orlando Predators. Uh, what was it like for you to have to go, you know, chase an NFL dream, obviously, but have to divert to the Arena League before getting to the National Football League? Well, here's a, here's the crazy part. So when I was when I was drafted by the Texans or whatever, like I, I did good. I think one 
I know I had like four sacks in one game. I really thought I was going to make a team, and uh, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, obviously. And then, uh, you know, I bounced around, and I went to the Bucks, and the Bucks were doing well. That's 2002, and they went to the championship and won it. That sucked because I was on there for a good, what, maybe four, four to six weeks, and then I got released. They told me they were going to bring me back. Never did, and I was never had the pleasure of actually being called a champion. Not, not in that, not in that capacity, if you will. So I mean, it was. And then, and then you know, after that, what was it, 2005? I think it was somewhere around there. I went to Arena League, and that was fun. That was fun because I always tell people, I'm like, when you're in the Arena, it's like your name, and then the Orlando Predators. Like when you're in the NFL, it's whoever team you play on, then your name. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You know, and 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 I like it my name first. <laughs> I like my <laughs> name first, and then be, you know, because once you, it seems like once you get that that dogma, that stigma of you just being a, a Bucks player or Texans player or Saints player, like that's that's what they see foremost. So I don't know. I just I kind of like the whole thing of them knowing me first, then me play later. Tell you what, your your name was in the forefront with the AFL, uh, you know, back in, back in 2007 with Orlando, you set a, an AFL record for 15 sacks in a season. Did, did you feel at that moment in time, you know, basically becoming that, that AFL superstar and, and, and having your name first, as you put it, did you feel that that was, that was your way of putting your talents on display for, for the NFL once again and saying, you know, this is what, this is what you're missing. This is what I can bring to your team. Or were you of the mindset at that point where you were you were in the AFL, you were dominating, and that was that was who you were going to be? You were going to be the most dominant force in the arena league that you could possibly be. Now, now, what you said does sound really good, and I really want to say yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't so much of that. No, it sounds great. I really want to go with it. I really do. I really do. But uh, you know, it was it was it was honestly. It was all all a means to get to the NFL until I actually started playing in the AFL and I actually got some respect. I got some love and I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave because not only, you know, was, you know, they showed me love. I was good at it, you know, and I wanted to continue being that guy leading the team because I think we went to the um, went to the championship and lost. Like we were, we were, we were a team. It was a tight knit group, yada, yada. I mean, not yada, yada, but it was it was good. It was good, man. And I just wanted right. And the fact that I was able to dominate was was just you know icing on the cake. You know the 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 fact that we went to the championship was dope. But you know that get that little accolade where you, what accolades where you you know defense player of the year, lineman of the year. It was great. It was it was a it was a great time I had, and then I wanted to stay there, and I almost stayed there, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, I mean, like, all right. So, I don't know if people understand. Like me, like I enjoyed the Arena Football League. And when they initially said to me, it's documented. When it when they asked me, do I want to go to the league? League, league. I was like, no, nah, good. And uh, yeah, yeah, I might not believe that, but it was the truth. Swear to God, like no BS. Like they're like, yo, you know, I think about it, yada yada, and. I talked to Kiff, I believe. I talked. I talked to Monty Kiff. I talked to. I talked to. I don't know if I talked to. No, I talked to Kiff. Kiff, you know, talked to him, and I want to say I talked to the GM. I think at the time, 
And the only thing that uh, made me even go was my agent was like, look, if you don't take this opportunity, but let me rewind before I tell you what he said to me. So all the teams that I played for price, it was like five or six teams. And I felt like I balled out. I felt like I did enough, you know, the politics. So I was like, well, if all I want is opportunity, and if you give me a real opportunity, I don't want to be a camp body. And that's what I felt like I was going to be when I got back, when I was in the arena and then had the opportunity to maybe go to the Bucks. Like, I don't want to be a camp body. So I was like, I don't want to go. And then, you know, that's what, like I said, that's what Kiffin don't call me. And my, my agent said, he goes, if you don't take this opportunity, he goes, you will always look back at this. He like, you might even regret it. And that was the reason why I went. Only cause Those words are the only reason I went. Kiff was awesome. Kiff said to me, he goes, what I would do, and I promise you is, I'm not going to promise you that you'll make the team. I said, all I need is opportunity to make the team. He said, well, I'll give you opportunity to make the team. So I won't promise you I'll make it. I'll get opportunity to make it. The hell, that's all I need. You know? That's mm-hmm. that's with any job. <laughs> that's with any, like, that's any job. You know, I worked at, uh, uh, uh other other stores like you know I I did all that all I need is opportunity so that happened and you know we went from there man obviously you played under John Gruden there in Tampa uh, for a period of time and you played under Jay Gruden uh, in Orlando so uh, tell people a little bit about both Coach Gruden's the differences similarities and I don't know if you had a chance to to come back today and play for for either one which one would you play for. <laughs> well, I, I, that's a tough question. That's that's tough, you know. Um, I always felt like uh, because of Arena, you know, Jay Jay was a, I have personal, like it was more personable with Jay, you know. It was a smaller team. He just kind of shoot the stuff with me and, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and John was more or less, I mean, like, they more or less were the same person. You know what I mean? Like, they really were, except, you know, obviously John had a bigger team, a bigger platform, yada, yada. But if if to answer your question, because I feel like I go off subject, so I apologize. But if uh, if I was to go, I'd probably go, I'd probably go with Jay. Okay. I'd probably go with Jay. Only because he's in D.C. right now. Yeah. <laughs> I already be <laughs> the East Coast. I don't really want to go to Cali. I don't, I mean, I don't really want to go there. Like, I, now, now make no mistake. If if John call me up, I'm going. <laughs> you know I mean? going Yo, I need you. To, I, I go. But you know, even even though that would mean you're on uh, you're on hard knocks. The last thing you want to do is put a camera in front of me. I light that thing up. You hear me? <laughs> you hear me? I will light. I will be a fan favorite. I promise you. Of course, you know, you know, you have the relationship with Jay and and John and and. As you talked about, you you had the opportunity to speak with with Monty Kiffin, and he said that you know best he can promise you is is the opportunity. So you were coming off an amazing season with the AFL. You're now getting an opportunity to make the team with the Buccaneers because of of the season that you had just had. Did you go in there with a a new level of confidence that that you walked in and you felt you know what I know I can make this team, or was it almost like being a rookie all over again? No, no, it wasn't. First, so, you know, I, I never lacked confidence. I lacked confidence in the decision makers, not me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I did. I wasn't that I didn't think I was good enough to be on the team. They thought. They didn't think so. You know, people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, oh, you know, 
Oh, you you're a star now. You in you in the NFL? I always thought I was a star. <laughs> like, you know, you know, I I always thought that. You probably just found out, but I always thought that. You know, um, but the it was to go there and and have an opportunity to play and see guys like Austin and all them guys and play with Brooks. It was it was it was great. It was it was surreal. It was when you look back at it, you're like, yo, I played with Hall of Famers. I tackled the Harbor Hall of Famers before. You know, a kid from Jersey, Newark, New Jersey. Like that's that's kind of dope. Yeah, oh, definitely. And making that 2017, team, you really I mean, you really did jump to the front of the line uh on that defensive uh as far as the defensive line is concerned. What was that season like for you? It was long. <laughs> <laughs> like I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Like, uh no, it was long. Like I played like sixteen, seventeen games in the arena. And then mm-hmm. I played another 17, 18 with the NFL in the same year. I played like 30 games that year. I was tired, boss. I think that year we went to the playoffs. Yeah. Before the Giants yeah. lost. I was tired. You hear me? Tired. But the the level of competition obviously was better. The 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 money was better. <laughs> the money was better. It was great. It was great. <laughs> I, I really have no real quarrels about it. Um it was it worked out well, man. I to to you know had a forced fumble was like tied in the league. I wish I would have like you know I think I tied a record. I wish I would have set the record. You know I fell short on that. And, I don't know, man. It was it was it was a it was a lot coming at me, but I, I adjusted the best I could. Like you said, I mean yeah. I had seven seven forced fumbles, eight sacks in that 2007 season. Following that, I mean that was that was one heck of a of a coming out party in the NFL, especially with all the the trials that you had already gone through to to get to that level. Did you feel even more pressure after that season to replicate or or improve on that, or were you just kind of a you know this is this is what I can bring you year in and year out? Well, the the great thing about when I first started playing was they didn't have me starting. And I was just learning, and I was getting in on rush now. So obviously, um, it was it was good. I guess it was good enough where I actually became a starter, which which was even better. You know, like not only playing in the NFL, but I started in the NFL. Um, that next year, it, it never contrary to popular belief, I don't feel like it was ever about me and making sure that I got more sacks and it was always about how well I worked with my guys so we could get more sacks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I, if, if if that makes sense or not. It was, it was never like, Oh, you know, if I had a 10 sack season or something, I maybe had a little bit more pressure, but it never, it never came across to me like, yo, you need to, you need to get more sacks. You need to, you need to do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, obviously that's a no brainer. I want to get more sacks. And I know I can pass first, but I mean, if I if I can work off my guys, I I can be that much more successful, and vice versa. So I mean, that's kind of how I brought it, you know, into that next season. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And talk okay. about success. Let me tell you this. Uh huh. Let me tell you Let me tell y'all a secret. When I had that success, I never had that type of success before. And I partied. <laughs> I partied, <laughs> and I I lost I lost some focus. I'm gonna be real with you. I did. I lost the focus because I was like, "Yo, I did it." Uh, but let me take you back for one second. Let me take you back for one second. You ask me a question. Mm-hmm. You can edit this later, but yeah. this is good stuff. So, <clears throat> when I made the team, when I actually made the team after all those years, I made the team. Guess what happened when I finally made the team? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing happened. 
You know, when the Reaper, we called him the Reaper, the guys that cut. Like, we went out on the field, and some people still getting cut. And you're like, okay, you make the opening day roster. So you literally on edge until you make, you know, that open day roster. And you're like, huh, I'm actually here. So I, I don't know. I, I just had to share that with you because that was, that was a crazy one. But anyways, um, yeah, I still, I, I still needed to manage my success. So that was a work in progress, but I understood what I brought on the field. So go ahead. Next question. I apologize. No, no, it's all good. Um, so we kind of touched a little bit on the playoff game there against the Giants. And obviously that's the last time the Buccaneers have been to the postseason. Uh, has it been frustrating at all for you to, to watch the team, you know, in, in those years that followed all the way up to this season? Uh, struggle so much well, and, and fail to make it back. Well, with the with the whole with the whole no firing John and making Raheem the head coach was very uh, much ill advised, I believe. Um, I felt like what we had, what we were going into, kept the kind of the nucleus of it, and 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 then transition. It was just an overhaul. It was like a hostile takeover. It was, you know, we. It was it was hard. It was hard, like playing after that season, and it's just uh, getting along and having a young team, and you getting rid of all your veterans and people upset because the young guys don't know how to handle themselves. And I'm like, well, how could you get mad at these young guys for acting their age? You know, you bring in all young guys, they act their age, and you're mad at them, like you know. And I think that's kind of where it went left. When John came in, John had veterans there that that you follow behind, like uh, uh, I call them company guys, but you, the guys that did the right things, like the Rondes, the, the Brooks, the Kevin Carter's, uh, like he had guys like that in there that you know, and you overhaul and you get them out, and it's you know you I, you know why destroy everything your foundation when you could just kind of rebuild, like you could you know start from the you know. You got you got your vest in. You bring your your young guys in. They come up, you know. It's just it was just it was it was that 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 was kind of disappointing the way they let Brooks go. It was it was it was it was disappointing. So has it been frustrating? Sure, it's been frustrating to watch the Bucks play. It's been frustrating to see those new uniforms that's whack. It's uh, frustrating to see that they don't get to wear the cream sickles anymore. I like those, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know this, but I am a Browns fan. You you didn't know that I know right? Plot twist. Plot twist. 2011. 2011. I jumped on the um the the team, the bandwagon, if you will, whatever the little people that was on the bandwagon for the Browns. I jumped on, and it was it's hard. People are like, oh, how how could you how could you not be a Bucks fan? I'm like, ah, man, I'm a Bucks fan, but it was business. Mm-hmm. I don't think people understand that. You know, if if I if I you know. I don't know if I worked at McDonald's and they, you know, was paying me. I'm most for the most part, you know, repping McDonald's. If Burger King, Burger King hired me because McDonald's let me go. Guess what? I love Burger King. <laughs> That's how it goes. You know what I right. mean? Like it's, it's just business. It's nothing personal. And uh, you know, I, it was a little personal for me too. Another reason why I decided to like, okay, well, kind of, you know, I'm a Bucks fan to an extent, but I'm definitely a Browns fan. But there you go, plot, plot twist, plot twist. Well, and, and that's that's perfect because that really answers what my next question was going to be was, you know, are you still a fan of the game of football? And, and you know, do you have a favorite team or had you separated yourself from it? So since you are a Browns fan and I'm I'm located in in southern Ohio, so I'm I'm really close to the Bengals. 
but I hate the Bengals. So okay. it's it's nice to see all these Browns fans getting so excited. How do you feel about about the Browns right now and the moves they're making with Baker? And of course, they got Odell, and this this defense is is just insane. Yeah how how do you feel about uh, about the Browns' future? I think it's bright. I think it's uh, one game at a time. And uh, I, you know, I, you know, you, when you play ball, you kind of look at it from a from a player standpoint, not so much from a fan standpoint. But I am becoming more and more of a fan, so I just talk crap too. But <laughs> um, it's 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 good, man, to see that they start to have stars on their team, and these and these guys that they brought in, you know, are becoming stars. It's great. But on the, on the flip side, you know, I side eye the Bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? I look at the Bucks, see what they got going on. I see what uh what what they have at and Bruce Arians and and having Jameis being the starter and all of that. I you know I'm still a little I'm not sure who their running back is, but. <laughs> I think the old line was pretty good, and I know their wide receiver core is decent. Mike Evans is obviously he's that guy, and I just feel like I just feel like they're a couple players away from being great. Uh, really, I think they're a couple players away from being really good, and I think that they might be a, a leadership away from being great. If that makes sense. No, definitely, okay. and uh, yeah. that actually segues perfectly into my next question. Uh, talking about the the arrival of Bruce Arians and his coaching staff, you obviously experienced uh, different coaching staffs there in Tampa. Uh, how how different or how important is a coaching staff as it relates to building a successful roster and successful team? When I was with when I was with Gruden, he was fair. You know, these guys that he brought in, they was fair. He he he, he MF'd you if you did good, and he congratulated you if you weren't. I mean, he kick you know kick you in the butt if you weren't. Where I felt like Raheem, he had he had like favorite players, and favorite players did certain things that like it's one thing to have, like let's say for the, not that Brooks, Derrick Brooks would ever do it, but like say if they gave a special team treatment to Derrick Brooks, right? Mm-hmm. Derrick Brooks, like who's gonna argue getting special treatment to Derrick Brooks, right? But if you right. have a younger guy that's maybe a first or second round pick and you're high on, but you let him get away with stuff as is it as if he's a Derrick Brooks. It says the wrong message. So I feel like with I feel like with Bruce now being there and he's supposed to be a pretty good quarterback coach. I feel like the the accountability is going to be there. If if that makes sense, you know, I, I feel like you know that's 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 the best ability that you can have is accountability, right? You know what I mean. So I feel like with him being there, he's going to offer. He has that old school approach, you know. He's he 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 has he has a mixture of it if that makes sense. I believe he got Leftwich at quarterback or offensive coordinator or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know he has he has a I think he has a good mixture of old school and new school and and even with Leftwich being like more of a quote unquote new school, he still was brought up under the old school if that makes sense. So I I think that they I think that they're going to be pretty good this year. I think they're going to shock a lot of people. Oh, we we certainly hope that you're right. Um, yeah, and, and something that you said that I I thought was kind of interesting was that they're they're a leader away from from being potentially great. You know, leadership's one of those things that's that's hard to find. It has to be natural. You can't force someone to to take that role because they won't do it properly. Do you see someone on this team that that could be that leader, or do you think that's kind of a 
you have to wait and see if someone emerges. One of the things that a lot of people talked about in the uh, leading up to the draft was what an incredible leader Devin White is. You know, can a rookie come in and, and command the entire locker room of these veterans that have been around at Meduna for so long? And, and here's a guy in his first year. How do how do those leaders tend to uh, kind of assert themselves and, and not be shot down by some of these uh, veterans that have been doing it year in and year out. The same way everybody else uh, do action, you know, that's, that's how it, it, it'll go through action. You know, when you talk about off season workouts, who's there all the time, you know, like, you know, this, uh, we, when we're talking we're relatively, like it's all relative to the bucks. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, people who they're like, for instance, Brady, Brady's not at OTA and stuff like that, but it's Tom Brady. Like we get that. We're talking about right now when you're building, when you're trying to build this culture, it's who's there every day. Who's in the building every day? Who's doing what necessary to be, get, be better or get better. And if he, if he plays his asshole, you know, if he plays well, Devin plays well and he shows up and, and he's consistent. That's what leadership is about, right? Consistency. You know, you can't have somebody one day they this and one day they that. They day in, day out, they'll be that leader. So I think Jameis uh, is a is a good leader. But like he's, I think he's finding what it is. I mean, as a quarterback, you always want your quarterback to be a leader, but you gotta you gotta lead by example. Things didn't necessarily always go the way that you had planned throughout your career, but. A lot of that, like you said, is just getting the right opportunities and actually getting real opportunities. Is there anything that you feel like is under your control that if you could go back that you would change? Yeah, like I said, just the whole handling of the, the success of being in the NFL. Like I always treated people with respect. I always, you know, I always tried to be that guy. Like I said, I always wanted to be known as Styles before I was known as a football player or a Bucks player. So I really tried to, you know, and in high regard, as far as that goes, um, as far as changing things, yeah, I would, I would, I would. I, I say this, but it's hard for me because I'm like, would I do I regret anything? No. Could I have done some things better? Yes. I could have managed my success a lot better. I could have uh, probably got me a trainer. I probably could have. Eight better. I probably could have, you know, focused more on football than trying to handle the success. Letting that football be my my distraction instead of, you know, vice versa as far as handling success. But I mean, other than that, I, I can't I can't say I regret anything. You know, I can't, uh, life will be boring without regrets. No, mm-hmm. you ever had you ever had a time a time or two in your life where. You were like, damn, I should have never did that. But I had oh, a great yeah. time. You ever been there? You ever been there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? like, it's kind of it's one of those things, man. Life would be boring without regrets. Right? You know, I, the, it's, well, I have them. So to answer your question, you know, just handling my success better um, and just and just going, uh, you know, doing that much more better than what I was or, or practicing. Uh, or, or studying better for the most part, I feel like. Well, let's let's fast forward to today. What is okay. what is Styles G White doing today? Any business ventures going on? Is there anything that you're you're really working and, and striving towards? All right. So here's the crazy thing, right? Now, although when I tell you this, you'll be like, ah, it makes sense. 
So, you know, I was with, I'm with, at the time, I'm with an authorized retailer called a Sailor Sales with Verizon, Verizon, for Verizon. But now I'm into actually going into the club business. Um, okay. You know, like nightclubs and such. And uh, I'm a manager now. I just accepted a position. And it's crazy because I'm like, I never, you never grew up like, yo, I want to be a manager of a club. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you never grow up saying that like that. But, it is. I, I got that going on. I'm trying to build that, trying to build a, a great culture, trying to be a, a really good leader. And I got, you know, I got a couple of things that, you know, um, I'm trying to, you know, do a little charity stuff in the community right now with um, trying. Well, I can't. So my, my side deal is what I'm, what I'm kind of, another thing I'm passionate about. And it's, uh, you know, you saw my, my email, Brag Different. That's kind of where, the, you know, the movement I'm trying to go to. And that's and that's pretty much like saying, um, you know how people brag, but you brag different. I got it from Jay-Z. I'm a very big fan of, big fan of Jay-Z. But um, it's kind of like, all right, so you're in the club every night, whatever, you brag different. But I'm also in the community giving back. And that's how I brag different. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So so it's kind of one of those things. It's, it's, it's whatever you're, you're like, oh, Cool J said, you know, even when I'm bragging, I'm being sincere, right? It doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. You're bragging like, yo, I, listen, I'm bragging about feeding the homeless. Okay, that's dope. You know, like you could be stealing from the homeless. You understand where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, you kind of want to keep it in a positive light, and that's kind of the movement I'm, I'm starting right now, and hopefully it'll take off. I think I think brag different is is very subjective, so I think it'll be a very uh, very successful because of it. I feel like you will be whatever your brag is, you know, that you take care of your family, you 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 you're at all the games, you you support like stuff like that. You know what I mean? You brag different, if that makes sense. Am I communicating that well? Absolutely. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I I, I love that entire concept. It's so, it's yeah, that, unifying, that. but also allows you to be an individual. Exactly. Bingo. There you go. That's what it's about. You know, um, one of my, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Vandals. Vandals are something similar to Vikings. And um, what they are is, is as a tribe, a German tribe, to help take over the Roman Empire. And where where they were unique was they were individuals. Some of them were rogue, um, rogue Roman empire soldiers. Some of them weren't, you know, but they, when they came together, they, they became this force. And when you think about that, that's kind of cool. Like, yo, you got people coming from, it's kind of like playing football. It's kind of like, you got people coming from different backgrounds. Do you know, they value different things, but when they come together is a unison that makes them that much greater together. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Styles, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up with uh, something that we love to do with all of our first time guests, and that's a fun little rapid fire questionnaire. So, just some silly nonsensical questions to get to know you as a person a little bit more, rather than just you know the the styles that that we saw on the football field. So, if you're if you're ready, we're gonna dive into this. Let's do it. All right. What is your all-time favorite movie? <laughs> oh man! Uh, like I gotta name one because I like Cruel Intentions and I like The Five Heartbeats. 
I think y'all should see both of them. I know, I know, I love Teen Wolf as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've seen the Five Heartbeats. What was the other one? Cruel Intentions. Uh, Cruel Intentions. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's, I heard about it's a, it. It's a pretty, it's a pr- pretty smooth movie. You let me know. You hit me up once you see that movie, and you let me know what you think about it. All right, I'll do that. Oh, for real, I'm gonna way. call you up. Like, yo, did you see the yeah, movie? Yeah, I got you. Did you see it? <laughs> you need to see the movie. See it. I will watch right. it this week. Okay, go. All right, bet. All right. Uh, <clears throat> who is your favorite athlete as a child? Deion Sanders. Oh, I love that answer. PlayStation or Xbox? Mm, never, never really was into those. Uh, probably PlayStation. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure TV show? Big Bang Theory. Uh, I love that yes. show, and and. People love to hate on it. What? <laughs> Who hates on this? Show? I don't yeah. either. I think it's hilarious. <clears throat> it is. So we're we're all together on that one. Yeah, I have a dog named Sheldon Lee Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. All right, and the final one that we ask everyone, and it was inspired by by Katie Nolan's Garbage Time podcast. Unfortunately, Styles, you are about to be put to death, but you are being given one final meal, and you can have anything that you want. I need an entree, a dessert, and a beverage. I would probably have to do... Can I have a cigar? Oh, no. Uh, oh, absolutely. Okay, good, because I'm about to die. I want a cigar. So. <laughs> Let me go with a... Uh, my drink of choice will be probably Louis Thirteen. right? I'm going to go out with a bag. Okay. Um, probably some some baked macaroni and cheese. Uh, matter of fact, scratch that. What my older sister cooks when she comes to see me is what I want for my last meal. <laughs> There's like baked macaroni and cheese, collard greens, just fried chicken. Like she does it all, like a little southern. So it's, it's amazing. I'm telling you, if y'all, you ever hear when my sister comes, I, I, I trick her into cooking for it. <laughs> um, my dessert would more than likely be some gelato. Like gelato a lot, so I think I answered the, the, all the questions that I. Oh yeah, yeah, and that that meal sounds delicious. It it, it really is. But I had a Louis Thirteenth one time. It was great. It really was. I was pleasantly surprised when I had it. I had it. <laughs> you know. So. All, all right. right. Yeah, well, Styles, thank you so much for some of your time tonight. We ran a little bit later than we thought we would, but we really appreciate everything and and this was a fantastic conversation hopefully we can do it again soon yeah we appreciate yeah, let it. me know let me know i appreciate y'all thank you all right guys what a fun conversation that was uh for james and i to have huge huge thank you again of course to styles himself a huge thank you to you guys as well as always for joining us hopefully you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as james and i enjoyed having the conversation and of course i mean we've got to throw a huge shout out to Matt from Georgia, uh, who you guys have heard in voicemails, you know, throughout throughout the podcast before, because he's actually the one who set this up for us. He's actually the one who turned us on to Styles, turned Styles on to us, and really helped facilitate that interview. So I mean, just just an amazing thing. And then Jim from South Carolina, who who sparked the idea in his voicemail earlier this week for the Throwback Thursday episode. So I mean, you guys are great. Just throwing out all kinds of great ideas, and I mean, it's it's making this month of June. Uh, which is historically known as a very dull month. It's making it a very fun month. So we can't thank you guys 
enough and we want to keep it going so guys next thursday we want to hear from you guys your throwback moments your thoughts your memories on the last time the buccaneers were in the playoffs so shoot those over to our voicemail line at 813-444-5841 or if you would rather if you're if you're the shy type go ahead and tweet us dm either myself james or the locked on bucks podcast twitter account and and give us your thoughts there and we'll we'll drop them on the show Follow everything that James and I are doing over at BucksNation.com and on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Come back tomorrow. We are going to be joined by JC Cornell of the Draft Network, and he is going to give us a winner from our, again, listener-inspired all-time Buccaneers fantasy draft. Until then, thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.